Welcome to the Inner Sales Podcast, where you will learn how to connect with your own intuition and create a more successful and enlightened sales career. Listen as John and Russ discuss what it takes to drive revenue from the inside out. And now, here's your host, John Stannis. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to inner sales from 3YG. At least I hope it's welcoming you back. Of course, maybe this is your first episode you ever heard, which is also great. Um, either way, welcome to the show. Hey, Russ, how are you doing today? I'm good, John. How are you? I am all right. Just all right. Just all right. I don't, isn't that always a question where people say something and they don't really want to... Everybody says in polite society, hey, how are you doing? And they really don't care. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a way to get started talking. It's, you know, how are you doing? Unless you say fine, people expect you to say fine and then, but they don't really care if, you, if you're fine or not. So I always well, find I that, okay, I'm glad that you care. Uh, but what I care about is what we're here to talk about today. We're going to go back to a topic we covered a little while ago, which is CRMs. Uh, I think most companies use a CRM, at least most companies that I work with no, use a CRM to try to manage and track their sales process, CRM, obviously, abbreviation for customer relationship management software. There's a lot of them out there, a lot of different platforms. The biggest one is Salesforce, but then there is probably, I don't know, 20, 30. I mean, you can go look them up on a website like Captera and just see dozens of different types of CRMs all with their own different, well, what they try to promote as their unique selling attributes a lot of them just seem the same to me honestly you look at them and they're all like kind of the same basically a contact database of different different setups of contact databases so it's just here's a lead here's a contact here's a a customer whatever what do you think of in general when you think of crms and what the best um, essential parts of a crm are yeah so I, i thought it would be helpful for folks to give my perspective about what I think are the top 10 CRM essentials. And the reason I wanted to talk about it again, John, is that in my work with customers, it's obviously, I mean, pretty much everybody is now using them Mm -hmm. pretty much across the board. People aren't realizing any kind of benefit from it. And more importantly, it just seems to be like this condition thing where we put data in, it's not actionable. And so it's completely missed the mark in some way, shape, or form that they don't provide a a heck of a lot, if any, benefit to what I think is important to the business. I mean, what I've invested in them in the past is what's important to me is revenue. Mm -hmm. It's driving revenue, which is only going to come from a couple of places, right? One is new customer acquisition. Mm -hmm. I can get new customers. The other one could be from my existing customers right? where, you know, I actively try to increase my share that I provide as a supplier or I'm fortunate enough to be in an enviable position where my customer base grows and I automatically get that Mm -hmm. work, you know, or service or whatever it might be, but that's it. So it's, for me, it's all about how does the tool or how should the tool What's most important when it comes to helping me uh, grow one of those two things is assuming you want to grow. Yeah. 
you know, but it should all be geared towards that as simple as that. So more customers or better customers? Well, more customers could be better customers. It could be, you know, you might be, have a strategy whereby you want to increase your margin Mm -hmm. and you go after a different market segment. You know, it could be new, anything, you know, new product introduction. How do I grow that? Or it could be enjoying growth from an existing customer base, whether or not you just inherit that work, Mm -hmm. you know, or you go out and try to earn it. Um, But there's not a lot of levers you can pull to increase your revenue. Mm-hmm. So the tool should really be focused on that. Mm-hmm. So you talk, you titled this top 10 CRM essentials. So I think we mm-hmm. want to go through and kind of look at the different uh, stages of a pipeline. Usually um, we like to think of a pipeline for the sales process where you have the beginning, the opening, middle and end stage all around, you know, acquiring leads, advancing sales, and then finally closing the sales managing and tracking all the different contacts through that. So if we break it down to those diff- three different areas, we can get some idea of what are the most important parts during those areas. So if we look at the beginning, let's look at the opening of it. Uh, if we're opening a possible sale, what do we want to think about as the most important parts of the CRM for those opening stages? Yeah, back up one little bit. I think it's important to know what you're trying to accomplish. And it's not unusual for me to come across teams who are really not sure what they are trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. Most of them may have a revenue goal. Okay. Right. We want to grow X percent year over year. And then maybe they factor in attrition. Maybe they don't consider it. Who knows? But I think you got to get more granular than that because it's not particularly actionable in my opinion to say, Hey, we want to grow 10%. Mm -hmm. I can make some assumptions, which I generally do with folks I work with saying, Hey, ballpark, what's your average sale? You know, make an estimation about what some other ratios might be to literally back into. And I have a simple Excel model to do this to literally back into the level of activity you would need to do to on the front of the pipeline. Right opening the pipeline to develop the pace. If I, if I can't, if I don't quantify what I'm trying to do, and I'm literally talking about getting down to how many leads you need to work, how many appointments do you need, which is opening a sale. You can't measure it and you certainly can't hold anybody accountable for it, but more importantly, you can't get better at it. And so it's beyond just the, uh, Hey, I want to grow 10% mm-hmm. year over year. Right. It's so I, think, I think that's where it starts. Mm-hmm. And then, I, you know, I thought it'd be helpful instead of looking at, you know, just a bunch of features and benefits, which I see all the time of CRM benefits is to really walk through what's important. What's important is what John's, you know, you already talked about, which is the stages of the pipeline. Mm-hmm. So on the front of the pipeline, for me, the number one is how does it manage prospecting or new customer acquisition? When I say prospecting, and I've said it before, is that's anything that's at my disposal as a sales rep to get an appointment to talk to somebody. For most businesses, if I'm not engaged face-to-face on some level, not much is going to happen. It's what I call uh, opening a sale. Mm-hmm. So from a, so how does the tool, number one, help me from a prospecting perspective? You know, Is it easy to, for me to see the number of leads I'm working? Can I create, you know, what is that process mm-hmm. for engaging a lead you know you can only do so many things i can call i can email i can walk in i can reach out on linkedin or other social media channels you may have marketing automation and campaigns and all that kind of stuff which is potentially all part of that process Mm -hmm. 
but you know, how does it help me manage that part of the funnel, the opening of the pipeline? You know, so what's important there, which nobody looks at, is what I call opportunity ratios. The level of activity it takes me to get a meeting mm-hmm. with somebody. And it's a fair amount of activity. It's probably the longest part of the sales cycle, which nobody considers. You, you may have a list of 100 leads, right. but it's going to take a fair amount of activity for me to get in front of them. Mm-hmm. That's number one is how does the tool help me define and manage that? Does it give me the ratio data? Is it easy um, to enter data? Can I create a process to follow? And it takes somewhere between eight and 12 points of contact before you'll talk to anybody and have a shot at a first appointment. So that's probably the most vital stage of the process. And then it applies for even existing accounts where you may have some business and you're trying to gain more share within that account, I have to begin that activity to try to make that happen. That's number one for me is how does it manage the prospecting activity? Mm -hmm. And then beyond that, number two would be just in general across the pipeline, activity tracking, which most salespeople are not particularly good at tracking activity. So it not only goes through the prospecting stage, in other words, how much activity did it take me to get an appointment? What were those things? You know, did I email? Did I call? What am I doing to try to Number one, follow a process. Number two, learn from the process to do something more effectively. And so it not only goes for this stage, but how simple is it for me to do activity tracking? And more importantly, how do I use that activity tracking data Mm -hmm. to try to become more effective? There's two parts to an effective sales person. Activity, how much are you doing? And how effective am I at it? And each step of that pipeline is a very different set of um, competencies. So it's important to be able to track that activity again, learn from it, and literally encourage people to define a process. How often and in what way are you going to reach out to prospects to try to get a hold of them and have a conversation and try to get in front of them? Mm -hmm. That's a process which I have is seldom defined and seldom followed. It tends to be a shotgun approach. Mm -hmm. So activity tracking is number two on the front of the pipeline, along with how do you effectively manage all the the activity and become more effective at the prospecting part of it. Mm -hmm. I have to think this all has to be really simple and really easy to do to the point of where, in my opinion, if I see a CRM that can do as much as possible to automate this part of it, that the activity tracking, that's going to, be a big win. I know of some of them that do things like integrate with email clients and such so that when you're sending an email, it automatically tracks that and logs it. Um, I think some of them try to do things like be able to place phone calls through it so that if you're using the CRM to place a phone call, it'll track that. But again, it's got to be simple. It's got to be also, like you said, impact the behavior so that you can actually see, get feedback and improve upon it. Because otherwise, what's the point of tracking it? Yeah. What's interesting about that, you know, whether you're doing, uh, uh, you know, you have a Outlook integration or a phone integration, I think a lot of that um, tends to get overblown. So from an activity perspective, I'm just interested in, hey, he, here are the leads I'm trying to get, get in touch with. Mm-hmm. Here's my process over the next 30 days that I'm going to follow to try to engage them to get a meeting. And I simply go in and say, hey, I emailed, you know, I emailed John. Mm-hmm. I don't need a lot of data. It's in Excel. 
I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. You know, or I left, I called, I left a voicemail. I called, I talked to the admin, you know, so I'm not looking for a ton of data to be recorded in the CRM because most of it honestly is not actionable. You can clutter up a CRM with an Outlook integration, as you know, and it just tends to not be helpful. The reality too is most sales reps are not working that many leads Mm -hmm. where this becomes problematic. So again, I'm more interested in, are we even doing enough given our estimated ratios to make it happen? And what are we doing? Again, there's only about five or six things. You can configure your CRM to have a dropdown that says, I called, I emailed, Mm -hmm. I walked in, I sent a social media message on LinkedIn, whatever. You know, so it's not a lot of things you can do. Keep it simple and keep it concise. Literally, you should be able to open the tool as I'm reaching out to a prospect. Identify, just quickly identify the action I took, close it, move on. Right. Should be as simple as like just a pick list of made a call. Yeah. Since, yeah, you know, made a call. Not even like a yeah, whole bunch you, of like things where I made a call and left a message and this is the message and this is the time I called. And uh, this is the time I, I took it. Exactly. <laughs> I see all kinds of stuff like that. Like literally they'll put a transcript of the conversation with a phone call. Mm-hmm. Well, he, let me say something about that. So I'm a fan of, I got to know what I'm going to say when I reach out to somebody. Yeah. So I literally have a script. People have different opinions about script, but I, if I'm not prepared for what I am going to say, whether I leave a voicemail or whether I speak to somebody, and if I, I can anticipate one of the five responses, if I actually talk to somebody. So some of those, those interactions, at least the opening of them are, are, I'm already, I've already written them down. Mm-hmm. I know what I'm saying. Right. I'm following it. That's process. I know what I'm going to say. It, it becomes part of me. Mm-hmm. You know, what am I going to say when somebody says, Hey Russ, we're not interested. Mm-hmm. Russ, we already do that. You know, so um, having a, that kind of transcript in the in the CRM tends to just not be actionable. It clutters it up. I think especially at this stage, like I can see later on you want to, when you're working with an opportunity, you want to have notes and stuff. But at this earlier stage, yeah, it's just a lot of noise. <laughs> yeah, certainly all that, you know, when I close a sale and I'm executing on a deliverable or a delivery date and all that's for sure. There's a lot of data in that, but keep it simple. It's a simple drop down. Mm-hmm. Here's what I'm doing from an activity perspective. I left a voicemail, mm-hmm. you know, you as the sales rep know what you said. It's unlikely your boss is going to come back and say, well, what did you say in the voicemail? You know, because that's, that's, one of your scripts, I already know what I'm going to say in my message. Mm-hmm. So, and then once I try that and follow it to the T, you don't want to, you don't want to increase any variability and then I can change it. If it's not working for me, I'll, I'll change it mm-hmm. at that point. But yeah, those are the most important parts of this front of the pipeline. How does it help me manage prospecting activity and looks at ratios, you know, Again, think about it from managing activity. Do you have enough going on? How effective are you at it? How can I learn from that? And then activity tracking. Mm -hmm. So that's the opening. So let's move on then to the middle part of the pipeline where things, I don't know, this is the place maybe where things go to die. Um, (laughs) I think what we we talked about was certainly the most important part of the pipeline. Mm -hmm. If I can't open, if I can't get in front of somebody it doesn't matter how competent, how good we are, how technical we are, how cool of a product we have. It makes no difference. Right. But getting to the middle of the pipeline, then, what do you think as as we move forward, as we're working an opportunity, this is getting before we're getting to closing a sale, what are yeah. most important at this stage? 
Yeah. So for me in the middle of the pipeline, there's three stages. It starts with the first appointment. So I've done the work on a prospecting side. I got a meeting. So it's first appointment. I get beyond that. I got to pull together information to hopefully get to proposal stage. So that's what we're talking about when we looking at the middle of the pipeline. There's effective sales processes in here. For instance, number three, getting to the next step. My objective at any one of those three stages is to get to the next step across the pipeline, actually. Mm, My objective is to get to the next step. How well did I conduct the meeting, the conversation? You know, how well did I listen? How well did I summarize? How well did I look for opportunities to provide value to get somebody to change? So it's really number three is about sales effectiveness and how can I best help people manage that? Getting to the next step. That's what's key. Another one in a pipeline, which this one drives me crazy is... Number four is how can I identify stalled or dead opportunities? You know, you'll have a bunch of pipe, a bunch of opportunities in the pipeline. They all show it. They all have some visual representation, whether it's in pipeline form, list form, funnel form. How would you define that? Like it's simple. It's simple. It's do you have a date and time to talk again? Mm -hmm. That's the criteria for me. You, the, the, do we have active engagement? And the only way to measure active engagement for me, again, keeping it simple, is do we have a date and time to talk again? If somebody is interested in doing business with you, they have, um, you will have a date and time. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of sales effectiveness that goes into this. There's a lot of conditioning. Sales reps don't ask for meetings, all that kind of stuff. You know, they'll walk away with follow-ups and to-dos. But that's a determining factor to me. Can the tool show me exactly where I have dates and times to talk again. You got a sales behavior thing there too, where you got to work with your team or you as a rep to make sure you don't walk away without next steps, Mm. actions, dates and times. So that's for me is, can I identify what's stalled or dead? If you don't have a date and time to talk to somebody again, at a minimum, it's stalled. Right. At a minimum. And then you're going to do a lot of work to try to engage them again, check in with them, find out what's going on. Mm. That would be number four. And I think you heard had one more in there, number five. Yeah. Where are we losing things? And I seldom see this getting tracked. Mm-hmm. You can lose opportunities at any stage. You know, an obvious loss would be I can't get a meeting to get in front of you. But you could, you know, I could have a first appointment with a prospect and it doesn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. I could get beyond a first appointment where I'm pulling together information for a possible proposal. It doesn't go anywhere. So tracking, the tool should be able to track where things become lost. Without that, I cannot figure out how to become more effective. It's a very different skill set at each step of the sales uh, pipeline. Targeting, prospecting, for instance, is a very different skill set. When I'm in front of somebody for the first time, that's a different skill set. You know, where how good am I at listening? How good am I at asking questions? to try to find opportunities to help you do things better. Mm -hmm. If I'm pulling together information, how well am I doing that? So most people just, I think everything just sort of ends up in a pile where it says it's lost at proposal stage or something, or it just goes dead, you know, nothing happens. But again, without tracking and understanding what stage of the pipeline things are being lost at, I cannot figure out how to become better at work in that stage. Mm. 
I'm thinking of some really interesting insights. If you have a good setup there where you can see, is it uh, that lack of activity? Is it the lack of follow up? Is it the lack of information? Um, are your, is your conflict, is your selling style conflicting with their selling style? You know, where is it that's falling apart? Yeah. Right. And again, without that, I can't figure out how to become more effective. Mm-hmm. Let's make a sale. Let's end the pipeline and close on a sale. What, when we get to this stage of it, are we talking about being the best parts of a CRM, the most essential parts of a CRM? Well, it's some of it's from the first part. So it's activity tracking. It's do we have a date and time to talk again? Mm-hmm. You know, far too many people send out proposals without specific dates and times to talk again. Mm-hmm. Um, but number six for me would be a closing ratio. And closing ratios for me are what happens from first appointment to close. And that, you know, how many first appointments does it take to make a sale? If I'm at gather information, how many of those does it take to make a sale? How, what's my proposal win rate? Understanding those ratios is key to figuring out the pace or the cadence you have to work to hit your budget. And so it should be very visible. So we talked in the beginning about the front end would be what I call opportunity ratios. The level of activity it takes for me to get an appointment. That's one ratio. Mm -hmm. Another ratio is what happens at every stage. How many of first appointments does it take to make a sale? It may take six appointments. It may take 12 appointments. It may take 20. I don't know what it is. If you know what that is, then you can figure out how to become better at that stage. And then you can predict your future. Mm -hmm. You can, it starts to establish the level of prospecting and target activity you need to have to make those happen. So it's closing ratios is one. Right. The other one for me is, does it measure sales cycle? Sales cycle is defined as what happens from first appointment to close. How long does that take? And it generally takes for most businesses somewhere between six to 12 to 18 months. It takes far longer than most salespeople want to acknowledge. So I'm going to measure mm-hmm. from first appointment to close. You can add your terms, your payment terms on the back of that. You know, it's literally how long does it take to see the cash? So that's a long cycle. And I want to try to shorten that. So one of the keys, key ways to shorten the sales cycle, not only measure, first of all, I have to know what it is. So it should, the tool should be very, be very clear on here's how long it takes from this to this first appointment to close, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Don't inflict delays. So self-inflicted delays in the sales cycle is I meet with a client or a prospect and things are moving along and I walk away without definitive dates and times to talk again. Mm-hmm. They say, hey, give me a call in two weeks. I go, okay. In two weeks, I call them in two weeks and we're out another month and a half. So it's looking at opportunities to increase effectiveness. Um, but sales cycle is key. So this stage, it's, you know, it's next steps, but it's closing ratios. And then sell, selling cycle. Mm-hmm. So that's only seven. I'm, I'm, I, I, I don't know. I didn't. I did get honors <laughs> in math, but I'm not sure. Maybe I'm not right here. Maybe seven doesn't yeah. add up to ten. So I think we're gonna we get to ten. Kind of, so there, yeah. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, we kind of um, chipped on that section when we talked about we talked about the pipeline. But then there is another fourth section of overall just management of the entire pipeline. And so I think you've got three more here to talk about yep. what um, what would be then for the overall just managing the entire pipeline start to finish. What do you think are essential there? Yeah. So yeah, I use the term management, but for me, it's there's two parts to that. One is how do I use the tool to manage my book of business as a sales rep? And the other one is the leadership side, the sales leadership or sales management side. 
And so I think number one is, does the tool provide an easy look at schedules? Mm -hmm. And schedules are simple for me, but the tool should make it readily available to both the rep and the manager as to what's going on from a schedule of perspective. Three things. One is, do I have a schedule for prospecting? Mm -hmm. When am I going to reach out and contact prospects? So is that in my schedule? So I say, you know, I, today on Tuesday, I'm going to contact company XYZ. So I see that schedule. That's one. Where do we have appointments? That's two. Those are dates and times to meet with prospects and hopefully potential customers. And number three is stalled opportunities. What am I doing from an action perspective to get those back up and play, get those engaged? So the schedule is simply three things. If you think of your job as a sales rep, mm -hmm. it's really those three things to drive revenue. What is my schedule for prospecting to specific accounts? Not a, you, know, you hear this all the time. You got to block out time, right? You got to yeah. block out time to prospect. It's, it, it's missing the mark because it's not, it's not uh, granular. I want to say, hey, I am going to call 10 prospect or 10 leads today. Mm -hmm. I'm more interested in that than the hour of block time. Okay. It's just, un it's unaccountable. So I want to know what targets you're going to call and what day and what's the schedule for calling them. Again, appointments and the things that did go dark on us or stalled. What action and when am I taking action to try to get that back up in play? Mm -hmm. Those are the three things that are going to be most critical. That's it. That's one is how quickly can I, as a rep, can I go on the tool and see my schedule for the day? Not talking about Outlook. I'm talking about looking at the tool and saying, here is my schedule for the day. These are the three key prospecting things. Manage your internal meetings, your internal stuff, however you manage those. Mm. And iCal and your Outlook calendar, it doesn't make any difference to me. So that's number eight, scheduling. Managers should be able to go in and look at the schedule for his entire team on a given week and see that here's what the team is doing for prospecting, mm -hmm. specific accounts, here's where we have appointments, and here's what they're, what they're doing to get re-engaged with things that have gone silent. Mm -hmm. All right, so we got that, and then I think I'm going to just jump ahead of the last two. Forecasting, I think you have is number nine. I'm guessing that's kind of uh, determining what's going to actually happen based upon what's in the pipeline, what you think will happen. Yeah. And a lot of models forecast, you know, they'll forecast based off close date. I'm saying take it to another level, but I, as a rep and I, as a, as a manager should be able to see what the team is planning on forecasting based off close date. Mm -hmm. But I, I would also put another factor in there. What are they committing to? This is an accountability thing. So I may say, Hey, this is going to close on May 1. But am I committing to that? Am I in charge enough of what's going on with my pipeline? to commit to him reasonably certain they are going to make a decision. Yes, no decision on this date. So forecasting is important. It should be very quick. It can be visual, you know, a forecasting model. Ideally that if you have a, if you have a pipeline view where you see all your opportunities at various stages, run a forecast in a date range and roll it up right in the, in the dashboard, in the board view, mm -hmm. that would be ideal for me. And, and, you know, so forecasting is key. And then the forecasting should also take into consideration your ratio data. So it drives me crazy when I see things at first appointment or gather information stage and we say, this is a $100,000 opportunity and that's $80,000. And they roll it up mm -hmm. 
there's a factor in there. You're not going to win all of right. those. So it should be forecasting, but it should be a factored forecast mm-hmm. based on, on your ratio data. Mm-hmm. And it's really easy to do. And that should be there because that's the reality. The closing ratio data should be used to develop your forecasting. And that should be, again, very visual and readily available to anyone on the team. Mm-hmm. And then to drum roll. Yeah, drum roll, last one. Let's wrap this up. Number 10. Yeah, for me, it's visual. You know, whatever the visual, it mm-hmm. should be highly visual. Yeah. In other words, can look at the pipeline and very quickly, like almost instantaneously based on the way the pipeline looks, tell if we're on, above, or below target by a rep or by a team. Mm-hmm. That's it. Do we have enough going on? But in order to determine that, I have to make sure I understand by definition, everyone's got to be clear what it means to be at a particular stage. They have to be clear on the actual number of things that should be happening. For instance, if we as a team looking at our ratio data, think we got a team of six people and we should have 20 first appointments on the board collectively at any given point in time, mm-hmm. given our ratio data, because we're only going to close four of them, you know, so I know what those numbers are. Right. And then I can look at it and quickly go, this person's ahead of ahead of target, below target, on target, literally within seconds. That's what you should be able to do. Mm-hmm. Determine if, you, if you're headed in the right direction or not. So very visual and not just a pretty pipeline. Yeah, not just a pretty pipeline. Better things. I've worked for some uh, software packages and integrations to build this forecasting and visual stuff together. And there's some stuff where you can get very simple numbers of here's what we have, here's what's active, and it can really help you see what kind of a year you're going to have, you know, six months ahead of time. Well, you have to get clear on definitions. You know, you could look at a pipeline that has, you know, dozens and dozens of dozens of opportunities and you roll it up and it looks like millions of dollars. And then you could say, Hey, filter that by where we have a date and time to talk to somebody again. And all of a sudden everything in the pipeline goes away. That's Mm -hmm. the reality. So you got to get clear on what the factors are going to be by which you're going to look at it. Okay. Again, a pipeline with a bunch of stuff in it and a bunch of dates and dollar amounts doesn't necessarily tell the accurate story. Mm -hmm. Anything else, anything in general you want to say about CRMs afterwards? Now we've gone through this um, nice pipeline of how to manage your sales process in a CRM, what you should be looking for in a CRM to maximize that anything else you want to say about CRMs in general, what they should contain? Well, I mean, there's other add-ons you can look at, which I think could be important, but they wouldn't be in my top 10. You know, how easy is it to configure? Does it pretty much come the way I would want to see it out of the box again, to help the team drive revenue? You know, how easy is it, is it to be an admin, add users, delete users, move accounts, import, export, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, does it have an API? Can I get stuff into it? Can I get stuff out of it? How easy is that? Mm -hmm. Reporting to me should almost be secondary because if I'm in the tool and I can look at the stuff that I've already talked about, opportunity ratios, closing ratios, are we doing enough from an activity perspective? Where are we losing things? Next appointments. That the, the, the need for custom reports and all this kind of stuff that people tend to focus a lot of attention on Mm -hmm. tends to become moot and usually not necessary. Certainly having the ability to export your data, if you want to slice and dice it, go for it. But some of those things can be important to take, you know, to think about 
and don't become enamored with features and benefits that really don't help you drive revenue. That's always mm-hmm. the thing for me is, does this really help me drive revenue? Sales adaptation for me is key where when you can have a tool like I'm describing that helps a sales rep become successful and continue to be successful with minimal effort because it really is about process. It really is about behavior. That's what's key to me. Mm -hmm. A lot of this stuff just becomes unnecessary Mm -hmm. and and eye candy in some way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. A lot of the integrations are just cumbersome. Keep it clean, keep it simple, get clear on what's important for driving it for your team. So those are just some other things. And then, you know, when you summarize it all, you say, it should be really a quick tool to say, hey, do we have an activity problem or do we have an effectiveness problem? You know, number one, are we even doing enough? If we're not doing enough as a team, given our closing ratios Mm -hmm. or opportunity ratios to hit our objective, we got an activity problem. We got to pick it up. You know, we got to ramp it up. Once we do that, how do we become more effective? Right. Do you have systemic problems with certain people that may just not be a fit? You know, you can deal with them, try to help them become more effective. There's some just high level things. Do you have enough going on given your ratios to hit your numbers? That's the key Mm -hmm. for me right there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It should be straightforward. I think you're right. People get lost in the numbers. There should be simple, just a few reports to see where everything is at. And then just making it as simple as possible to get the information into it and out of it. So easier for people to use. Yeah. Again, I just encourage people to really sit down and say, hey, what do we, number one, want to grow with new customers? Or we do want to grow with existing customers. And how are we going to do that? What are the behaviors important? And does the tool give me that data? Mm-hmm. You know, that's at the end of the day, that's what's most important. When you talk about mobile, mobile apps mm-hmm. and, you know, I just get to the reality of the situation is most people don't use things like that. Mm -hmm. So don't have them in here. Mm -hmm. Keep it clean. And again, focus on the behaviors that are going to drive the revenue for you. This might be maybe a topic for a future show, but how would you recommend? Because I think of mobile and I think of mobile apps. So that's a really convenient way to try to track the stuff when I'm out in the field. But how would you then, if you don't have that, would you recommend people do the things where they're tracking stuff where they're not right at the spot where they can input information as they're um, completing it, as they're doing it. I think the reality of the situation is most people don't use a mobile app. I agree with that. But how do people then keep track of that information? Oh, well, you can, I, what I do if I'm on the road for a long period of time, I mean, if you're out for a day Mm -hmm. and you may call on three to five to six prospects, it's not hard to come back at the end of the day and put that in your data in your CRM. You know, if you want to do it on the road, I just hotspot in. Okay. So you should... if, you wanted, if you wanted to be that instantaneous with keeping your CRM up to date, mm-hmm. um, you certainly taking notes, but I, you could update it either in the field if you have time or if you're hopping busy, you know, do it when you come back. But again, the, to make it clean, you know, I come in, here was, here's the conversation we had, here's the next step and kind of move on. It shouldn't be. I'm not necessarily looking for a transcript of everything that went down in the meeting. So simple notes, high level stuff. And high level. And here's the key. Here's the key. Do we have a date and time to talk again? Right. That tells me it was an effective meeting. Mm -hmm. If a prospect or a potential customer wants to meet with me again, did I walk away with the next step? Mm -hmm. Not an action. 
and that for me kind of sums it up. Do you have a next step? Do you have a next step? Do you have a next step? Because people aren't going to give it up if you're not going to be able to help them. Okay. You typically. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Well, let's wrap this one up then. We'll call these top 10 in the bag, as they say. How do people reach out to us, Russ, in the future if they want to get any more information on this and CRMs and things like that? So email us, Russ, at 3yg.us so russ at 3yg.us yeah, and the website's at 3yg.us yes. <laughs> wow we're rusty okay so show notes for this show can be found at 3yg.us slash inner sales and look for the show name um, if you liked this show hopefully you did please give us a review on iTunes and share uh, this episode on social media wherever else you can promote the show uh, if you have a website feel free to link to it from there um, you can subscribe to the show to get it in your uh, podcast player whenever we update it um, in Apple Podcasts Overcast, Instacast Pocket Casts, just about any kind of podcast app. Our theme music is Schmatzi Kilokatsi by Kilokatsi And once again, thanks for listening and make sure that your CRM is not bogging you down. See you later, Russ. All right. Thanks, John.